It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You can see them on their first race down at uh, Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. And uh, we couldn't be happier to have Rod in Supply as our title sponsor to our show today. We got a pretty good show lined up for you. Uh, Giovanni Selzy is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. We're going to be talking to him. Also, we'll be talking to Chase Rodman and Trenton Berry. Talking a little bit of uh, USMTS racing going on. Uh, Kirk, how you doing, bud? Uh, doing great, uh, you know, around these parts. Not so good on Saturday night. Everything pretty well got wiped out. I see right. Lucas Hole Speedway got their races in, but that was about it. I stayed home on Saturday night. I was thinking about going out to a racetrack somewhere, but everywhere I Why didn't go, you got go? Rained, got rained out, called off. Valley Speedway I got rained out? I was surprised that, yeah, it did. And I was surprised that Lucas Hole Speedway got their show in. You typically, if if you go to a local race, you, you like to go out to Valley Speedway, don't you? Well, if there's good sprint car racing going on out there, yes. Good midget racing as well. Yeah, but I, I don't particularly like going out there if it's just your local B-Mod class and Midwest Modifieds and so forth. I'm not... I'm not disrespecting those guys, but uh, give me right. the op- give me the open wheel stuff. They've got uh, midgets or sprint cars out there. Yeah, it's close track. It's the closest track to where I live. So if they have that going on, I'm there. Yeah, I seventy is pretty close to your house as well, isn't it? About a half hour. Yeah. But when's the when's the first race at I seventy? Take a look at that schedule here in a little bit. Gosh, it's. When is the first race at I-70 Speedway, Kurt? Uh, While I'm looking that up, there was some news that came out over the weekend a few days ago that uh, Scott Higgs has purchased 158 acres of where the drag strip's going to be and will be constructing the drag strip. Uh, Chris Payne apparently didn't have the resources to uh, build the drag strip, so he sold the property, 158 can, acres. So can I say Scott this? Higgs can go in and build the drag strip. Let, let me let me just say this. They should have built the racetrack on the old racetrack. They would have saved millions of dollars. Well, it it is for the old racetrack. No, 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 oh, Kurt. I'm saying they should have used the old racetrack because the racetrack that they have now is just as fast as the old racetrack. And and you don't see a lot of passing going on out there. Is it too fast? It's too fast. It's a highly banked racetrack, even in the straightaways at I-70 Motorsports But, but what I, my point is, is that they should have just kept the racetrack the way it was, rebuilt the grandstands, redid all that, put dirt on the old racetrack, and they would have saved millions of dollars. They're still utilizing the front 
uh, straightaway wall. They've got a little bit of a cover over the old wall, but the old wall is still there. So Cur- the, the that- straightaway, the straightaway of the new track is where the straightaway was of the old one. Oh, well, I'm just saying they they could have saved millions of dollars if they would have just redid the old racetrack. But I don't think it would have been a good dirt track the way that old paved track was configured. I don't think that would lend Rip itself up to very good dirt Kirk, racing. You're you're missing the point. Rip up the pavement from the old racetrack, put dirt down on it, and make it a dirt track. It's just as fast as the old racetrack. It's not any slower. Yeah, but would it make for better racing? I don't think so. We saw when they put dirt on the paved track at I-70 back 35 years ago, Kirk, and I didn't I didn't think it was all that great a dirt First racing. of all, that was 35 years ago. They could do a much better job now. They've got much better equipment. They they could they could use the the uh, they've got much better equipment to water to surface that racetrack than they did back in the eighties. I think they nineteen eighty Kirk is when they opened up that track as a dirt track, and it went from nineteen eighty to eighty seven, and they didn't have the equipment back in those days that they have now. It, it, they they could have saved millions of dollars. I think it's too fast a racetrack. I think the way they configured it, they made it too big and too fast. The straightaways shouldn't have been banked as much as they are. I do have an issue with the way they configured the new racetrack. I think it's still too big and too fast. They should have built a uh, smaller racetrack, wide as they have it now, but not quite as fast. Well, if if they were going to do anything... to I-70 Speedway, they should have made that a quarter-mile racetrack. They should have built it like an Osborne or an Eagle Raceway. I I agree. I I just have an issue with the way the new track was configured. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, just too fast. And and they had every design to make it smaller and less fast. But they ended up with a far bigger racetrack than anyone anticipated. And uh, we saw evidence of how too fast that racetrack is with the Lucas Oil Late Model Series out there last year. Everybody overheated. It was a hot day. And, uh, you know, the dry, the, the engines were flat out. And Brandon Shepard and some others overheated out there. So that's evidence in of itself that they built it too big and too fast. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, will, will they change it? I don't know. You still have spent a lot of money to change what they have out there now. They've already built the walls around the outside. If they were to go in and make it smaller, which they should, that's still going to require an enormous amount of money to make that happen. Kirk, do you think that racetrack could be there in 10 years? I don't know. The way land prices are, especially close to the interstate. Right. Uh, somebody's going to come along and offer them an enormous amount of money. It's going to be very tempting to sell it. Yeah, if the if the drag strip takes hold, that might be your saving grace. That, that could be the saving grace to it, right? Just because if you get just enough business out there for that, that'll allow... The, the drag strip could save 
the and dirt that, track. And that'll keep people from being interested in buying it just because it's, you know. But my thought is, is that why maybe the World of Outlaws and and other events are not gone back to I-70? Just because. No, there's a, there's a little personal reason involved mm. with that. I got you. Yeah. I'm just curious on, I mean, I'm, I'm sure booking a series, like Scott Kirk said, with these cars blowing up and overheating. I mean, this, we're looking at some of this video online right now, and, and it's, you're, I mean, it's. Man, that's a fast racetrack. We're going to sell it for other purposes. Now you got two owners that have to make a decision yeah. to sell the track. Well, the I drag think strip it, owner and Chris Payne. You get this drag strip up and going and, and, and make it profitable, I think that could maybe be. Who was the owners that come in there and spent all the money on the drag strip? Uh, Scott Higgs is his name. Purchased the 158 acres and is uh, is going to build the drag strip. Mm. Well, good luck. We'll have we'll get a hold of Scott when so he we'll wants try to, to come on the show. That'd, that'd be nice to be yeah. able to get Scott on yeah. the show. Because yeah. we'll get him on soon. we know locally here that it's been a dire need for a drag strip. We we've suffered in the drag yeah. racing community. I'm almost re- I've already. I mean, my car's up for sale already. I bought, <laughs> bought a car and was ready for a drag strip and almost ready to sell it again. But my car's not really drag racing. But but you would go out. There I would go out and run it, it and see what my times are. Right to try and that's going to put money in the in the out there. I mean, now how soon they'll get this drag strip uh, built? I I don't know yet. Right. But again, we'll try to get Scott Higgs on and yeah. uh, we'll try to find out more. The first event on the dirt track is coming up a week from this Saturday, April 29th. It's the Rod End Supply Open Wheel Classic. The War versus the MWRA at I-70 Motorsports Park. That's MWRA is going to race out there? Yeah. <clears throat> Both those sanctions. With Rod End Supply as the sponsor, so that's... That's good stuff there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Then May 20th will be uh, the USRA. It's called the Hague Quality Water Patriot Nationals, featuring the USRA (laughs) Modified. Spit that out three times. Spit that out three times. That's on May 20th. (laughs) And June 16th, Power I Double, featuring the Power I 410 and 305 Sprint Cars. Right. MLRA late models, Firecracker 40 on July 1st. That's 4th of July weekend. The All-Star Sprints will be there on July 28th. And the USMTS will be back in action. We'll talk with Trent and Barry about that. August 3rd, Flat Track AMA Motorcycles on August 28th. Wow. Monster wow. Truck That's going to be way too fast. I, I would... That 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 baby is going to be. I'd almost want to just go out and see that. Just balls to, out, just right to there. see that because that's going to be amazingly fast. It's Lakeside is scary when you see them come through there. I can't right. imagine. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. Monster Truck Madness on September twenty third, and uh, they've got the Harvest Festival on. What October. is that, Kurt? I'm not sure what that is. Is that a concert? Inaugural Harvest Festival. This event is for people of all ages at I-70 staff. All age I-70 staff organized local vendors for uh, patrons to stop by and... Come on, spit it out, Providing 
hay rides, face painting. It's it's not a race. It's uh, some other event. Just a big it's event. a festival. Some festival. kind of a Oktoberfest yeah. type festival. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what that is. So that's the schedule at I seventy Motorsports Park. Casey Schumann is the is the new guy out there. Right. This year. We're, we're going to try and, to get and, him and, on too. And Casey Schumann is a good guy. Yeah. And, we're, yeah. and we we're reached out Listen, to him. if there's anybody that can turn that place around, Absolutely. it's Casey Schumann. I'm yeah. just saying. Give him a couple of years. It's, I mean, it's tough to come in there and jump in year one and start and flip this thing. Or give him a couple of years, make sure everything gets going, and, and you'll be fine. I, my, I'm like Kirk. It's a big track. You just have to be careful of the series that you schedule out there. You don't want to see somebody get hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I just... Looks like that all-star event in late July. That's the biggest event yeah. that I can tell. Last year, remember they paid $20,000 and Anthony Macri won that race Absolutely. last year? That yeah. was a high pay. That was one of the highest-paying races for the all-stars last year. Yeah, I think they moved that event around. Yeah, it's not a stagnant mm-hmm. where it's at one So I'm not sure how much they're going to be paying for this event. But Kirk, it all kicks off a week from Saturday night. Kirk, uh, Brad Sweet picked up the wind down at Peevely on Friday night. Yep. And unfortunately, they got rained out on Saturday night. Brad Sweet ended up winning that race. James McFadden was second. Logan Shuhart was third. Carson Macedo was fourth. And Giovanni Selzy was fifth. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good show. There was a little bit of a hole down there in turn number one, but I thought the racetrack was uh, about as good as we've seen it for a while at mm-hmm. Peebley. Uh, last year, I thought it was just a, they had a lot of rain around the events that they had last year, and it was a little bit too heavy at times. Uh, the couple of times they were out there last year, I thought this time it was a little bit more slicked off, a little bit more racy. Uh, pretty good show on Friday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you, uh, how about our how about our boy Blake Hahn come from twenty third to sixth? In that race, boy, he he had it rolling, didn't he? He had it going. He was at, he was up to fifth at one time in that race. He, he had started, to be the hard charger of the race. Starting twenty third, had to come yeah. out of the B main. Yeah, didn't qualify all that well, but boy, he he, he ran found his way around there. Not only did he, he 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 come out of the B main, but he ran third in the B main. Yeah. So I, all I got to say is that the Blake Hahn is, I think Blake's going to be a pretty good. Uh, 410 racer. He hadn't turned that many laps at Peebly before, has he? I'm trying to think when Blake would have run at I-55 Federated Speedway. Um, I'm sure he's been down there before. But, uh, yeah, very impressed with mm-hmm. with the way he had. Kind of bummer if we didn't get that show in on Saturday night out there. But they'll be back for the Ironman the week before the Knoxville Nationals coming up. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works out. This weekend, they'll be at Knoxville. Friday and Saturday night. They weren't able to get opening night in at Knoxville on Saturday night. So the first races we'll see of 2023 are the World of Outlaws, Friday and Saturday night. You thinking about going up there? Uh, Yeah, Saturday. Probably have to wait till Saturday. You've got to do the show on Saturday morning. Well, um, I'm going to my good buddy Jeff Christensen's wedding this week congratulations to he and his new bride jolie yeah yeah she's a good girl so, so you're heading down to san antonio here i'm going to be leaving on wednesday wednesday morning about six o'clock in the morning 
and then I'm going to head down there, and I'm going to hang out with Jeff on Wednesday night, and then the wedding is going to be on Thursday. And um, looking forward to it. Can't wait to get down there. How about that? Jeff's a good man. Got to get the wedding in before the weekend because he's working, right? Right. Well, yeah, because, you know, that's what cameramen do. They work on the weekend. They work on the weekends. Right. A couple of other uh, sprint car races over the weekend. Attica Raceway Park put on a good show for the All-Stars over the weekend. We had Craig Mintz winning a thriller on Friday night. And then Saturday night, Brent Marks comes from 20th to the lead and puts on a show. It looks like Brent Marks, they may have figured some things out with that 19 car right now because uh, he had it set on kill. He started off the night in... He didn't start off the night very good, and they had to work on getting that car dialed in. But by the time the feature rolled around, he, he came from twentieth, right? Yeah, that was a great run, right? Hard to see for those drivers because a little dusty. It there was a little Attica. dusty off of turn four. Turn four was dustier than anything. Yeah, yeah. The but rest so. of the track wasn't too bad. No, but um, for sure, turn four was pretty dusty. The other uh, big sprint car race, the Dennis Roth Classic at Thunderbolt Raceway out mm-hmm. in Tulare, California. Big night for Justin Cox as he holds off Corey Day for the big uh, payday out there. Dominic Selzy's probably not happy with Corey Day. He uh, tried to do a slider on Dominic, and it didn't work out too good. Got together with him. It, right. it worked out okay for Corey Day, but not so good for Dominic. Right, yeah. I, I don't think uh, Dom was too happy with Corey Day when he got out no. of the car. If and Dom, Dom is a pretty uh, cool customer. He gets out, and the way he shooks, shakes his head, you knew exactly what he was thinking. Right. He didn't go off on any kind of a wild tangent, but you knew exactly he, he wasn't very happy about that. The good news is they got it rolling on all four wheels. There was no other damage they except the top the, wing. Yep, they, replaced they replaced the top it. wing. He came back and still finished 10th in the race. Right. He uh, That that didn't soothe his mood at all, even though he came back to 10th, because he really had a chance to win that race, I thought. Well, he, he lapped so many cars that that's the reason he's, he ran 10th. Yeah. Because he'd lapped so many cars at that point. But uh, $18,000 went into the pocket of Justin Cox. Big win for him out there. Yeah, no doubt. Able to hold off Corey Day, who won the night before the Friday night show out at Thunder Bowl. Mm -hmm. They they were really ripping the lip around that track, too, weren't they? They were banging off the wall and, you know, riding the high side on that racetrack. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Giovanni Selzy is going to join us here on the show. And uh, we'll talk about him picking up that $50,000-to-win race out at Lakeside Speedway. What a fantastic finish. I I was so happy for Gio. Man, uh, you know, I've known Gio since he was a little kid, you know, and uh, Dominic as well. You know, I think they were like 10 or 12, and Dominic was 16 at the time when I met them. Geo really gets around Lakeside Speedway. He's got a first, a second, and a first. His last three times there, the last two were outlaw races, 
where he won two years ago and finished second to James McFadden last fall. Uh, but, you know, if uh, Rico Abreu hadn't had that tire go down, I'm not sure anybody would have got around Rico. Do you think? Rico got into, um, who was it? Uh, Chase Randall. Chase Randall. The nine car. The nine car. He did get into him, didn't he? He did. He, he clipped him. And that's what, that's what caused his tire to go that's down. That's what caused his tire to go down. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Geo Selzy is going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway, Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay in play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. 
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Um, we are attempting to get a hold of Geo right now. And um, hopefully we'll get a hold of him here in just a moment. Uh, Chase Rodman is going to be on with us a, a little bit later in the show. As well as Trenton Berry talking about USMTS and what's going on with uh, the Modifieds. Kirk? We're going to have um, Chase Rodman on and Trenton Barry on as regular guest um, over the year. Chase Rodman, uh, both those guys are really good uh, people to have on. Great guests. Chase mm -hmm. Rodman does a great job with the pit reporting for the uh, Dirt Vision broadcast on the World of Outlaws. He does an excellent job. Yeah. So uh, I just uh, texted uh, Geo. Uh, did that about an hour ago. He said, yep, good to go. So we're just trying to make contact with Geo now, and hopefully we'll get him on here in a couple of minutes. He, so, uh, so he's a good guy. Geo, uh, he's a great guy. And, man, that $50,000, that, that's the biggest win of his career. We saw him win the 360 Nationals at Knoxville a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and he's won a, you know, a couple of other big World About Law races, but uh, this wasn't a World of Outlaw event, but it paid more money than he's ever won before. It's the highest paid, uh, the most amount of money he's ever made in a in a World of Outlaw race. Or, no, I mean a high limit race of any kind of sprint car race. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but the the choose rule proved to be a big factor in that race. Right. And uh, well, you know, he was running sixth. And when they lined up, they have the option to go high or low. And he was running sixth. And when they chose to go high or low, that put him in fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of those guys went to the outside. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he wasn't sure about that. It was at the driver's meeting. And, you know, when Tommy was explaining to it, you know, so Gia wanted to get that clarified. Okay, so if everybody chooses the outside, I can just go right up the line on the other in the inside role and he said yeah you can do that right so there, there was a little bit of question even after the driver's meeting that if that was still allowed to do but geo clarified that so i can do that and he knew that that was legal to do just move right on up and that helped him immensely mm -hmm. get a get a good jump there at the end yeah no doubt about it well, we're still attempting to get a hold of Geo, and we'll hopefully get a hold of him here in just a little bit. Um, he said he'd be on with us, yeah. though, right? Yeah, he texted back here just a little bit ago, sent him the number, and said everything's cool. So, I, you know, maybe maybe he's in a bad spot for cell service. I don't know. Not exactly sure where he's at, but uh, we'll do our best to try to make contact with him. Right. Um, Kirk, uh, Justin Cox, uh, Penn 
picked up the uh, win at the Dennis Roth Classic at uh, Thunderbolt Speedway in Tulare, California. Boy, he had it running good the other night, didn't he? I wasn't sure he was going to be able to hold off Corey Day there at the end, but, uh, you know, you got to credit Justin. He made no mistakes in that race, and he wasn't about to come off that high side, but neither was anybody else. That was the preferred lineup on the high side. There was a couple of times where Corey Day tried to make that move down on the bottom, but uh, just couldn't make it stick. And, right. and maybe Corey Day was a little bit more gun-shy when he tried to pull that slider on Dominic Selzy, and that didn't quite work out. Right. That uh, he didn't want to uh, make the same mistake and take them both out. Yeah, Justin Sanders was third Yeah, in that race. Shane Gullibeck, he was fourth, and Chase Johnson was fifth. Has that track always been preferred on the outside? You've been out there a couple of times before. Is that yep. just the way that track is, always good on just the outside? rip the lip. That's the way it is. It was really thin up there, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were banging off the wall. I'm surprised that more guys didn't, you know, have tires go down as much as they were banging off that wall. Right. There was one time Corey Day banged off the front stretch wall, and he was still able to keep it going. And the leader... Did as well. Justin Cox also was banging that right rear off the wall, mm-hmm. but both of them were able to keep it going. Corey Eliason, he, he ended up running eighth. Bud Kading was seventh. Trey Starks was sixth. And as I mentioned, Chase Johnson was uh, fifth. So, not a bad race. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that way. Uh that there, there were some guys trying to make the low side work, but it wasn't near as fast as running the lip. Right. But uh, uh, Corey Day uh, did win on Friday night, but uh, not quite there. But that that was, uh, I think, uh, one of the first. That's definitely the highest paying win that Justin Cox has ever had. Because he's got a lot of laps around those California racetracks, but uh, that's got to be the biggest win of his career. Uh, I don't think so. Justin Cox? No, I don't think that. How many races pay eighteen to twenty thousand dollars out there in that King? That well, uh, well, Narc King of the the West. Series. Dennis Roth Classic is Dennis what that Roth was. Dennis Roth Classic. That's a big event. Mm-hmm. No, I think Justin Cox probably won some bigger races than that. He's a pretty good race car driver. He used to draw drive for Harley Van Dyke back in the day. Do you remember that, the 5-H car? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So he's been around a long time, veteran racer. Uh, Dominic, I think, it, it, it. you know, what's bad about that is I wanted to see if he had something for Justin Cox there at the end. I think if they'd been able to work some lap traffic more than they did, every time that they were getting into lap traffic, a yellow would come out. But uh, it would have been interesting to see if Dominic would have had anything for him there at the end. But we'll never know. Right. Well, unfortunately, we are still t- attempting to get a hold of G- Giovanni Selzy. And uh, hopefully we'll get a hold of him here in a little bit. Shannon Babb picked up the uh, MLRA win at 34 Raceway in West Burlington, Kurt. Uh, that was on Friday night, and they, they changed the schedule around for the uh, MLRA, and they ran the Slocum 50, the big race, on Friday night, knowing the rain would come in. Right. That was originally set for Saturday night, 
And so what they did was they ran the big show on Friday night that paid all the money. And then uh, if the weather was going to cooperate, which was very questionable at best, they were going to run the prelim on Saturday night, which they never got in. But Shannon Babb dominated that race. He led all the way in that 50-lap feature. Guy from out of Illinois. Uh, Chad Simpson won a uh, thriller of a race at Davenport Speedway on Thursday night. The MLRA was up there. That's a great right. racetrack. They don't have that half-mile racetrack there anymore. They, they've they got that small three-eighths mile, but they do a good job of prepping that racetrack. You see a lot of big-time late model shows up there. And uh, Chad Simpson pulled off the win in thrilling fashion on Thursday night. Probably the biggest late model race of the weekend has to be out at Volunteer Speedway for the $100,000 to win XR Super Series race. And Dale McDowell, 57-year-old driver from out of Georgia, picked up the big prize. He's former uh, late model dream and World 100 winner, Dale McDowell. Tammy said that she went to BAP Speedway last night and saw your guy Devin Borden pick up his second win of the year. They really have to put money. Uh, they really have to say they have to really put the money into the facility. It's a racy joint, four tens, when the surface is right. So that's after a week after Devin Borden won that thriller up at uh, Port Royal Speedway. I th- dueled Lance DeWeese the Saturday before that. Do do people look at Devin Borden as a PA driver, or do they not look at him as a PA driver? That's the question I want to know because he's from the Pacific Northwest, right? He was a Skagit guy. His dad won a couple track championships up there at Skagit Speedway back in the day. What do you think? I think the more he wins, the more of a posse driver he becomes. Uh, he's been out there for, what, two, three years now? Still a young guy. But if he's winning races like he has the last couple of weekends, he's really stepped it up big time. Doesn't he have uh, a couple of the guys who used to work with Anthony Macri working on that race car? Right. Yeah. So he's got uh, he's got a good team behind him, and he's a pretty talented driver. He won races out at Grays Harbor and other places out there before he made that move to Pennsylvania. Cole says not posse. Not yet. Not yet. Do you have to be born and bred Pennsylvania to be a member of the posse? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. In 10 years from now, and if he becomes a super big-time winner at Pennsylvania, give him time 10, 15 years down the road, do you then call him a member of the Pennsylvania posse? Maybe. May still be too recent. Maybe not. Yeah, I think we might have got a hold of Geo right now. Yeah, you never know about cell service in a lot of different places. Uh, Geo out on the road getting ready for two big nights of racing at Knoxville. That's one of his favorite racetracks, Knoxville. He's done pretty well up there in the past, so he's looking forward to uh, heading up to uh, Knoxville for Friday and Saturday night. Keep her fingers crossed. Hope got Geo. Hope the weather's good up there this weekend. All right, let's bring him on right now. Uh, a good friend of the Racing Boys and a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Giovanni Selzy, joins us now on the show. Gio, how you doing, buddy? 
Good. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty good, man. Gosh, it just seems like yesterday when when I was hanging out at your shop, out at your dad's shop, and you were just a little young tight uh, running micros back in the day, and now you picked up the $50,000 to win race out at Lakeside Speedway, man. That had to be thrilling. Yeah, it, it was insane, honestly. That, that's by far the most money I've ever won. Um, and such a big event. It, it was kind of weird, honestly, to win that big of a paying race, not at a Knoxville or an Eldora, you mm-hmm. know, or a Williams Grove or something like that. But it's cool that High Limits, you know, putting these big paying races on at, at venues that, you know, don't don't have, you know, you could call it a crown jewel race. Yeah. You know, you're pretty good around Lakeside Speedway. You, you've done pretty good there in the past, haven't you? Yeah, definitely got an outlaw win there in 2021. Uh, then ran second there last year. So um, whatever it is, whether our car works really good there, or it just seems to kind of fit my eye and kind of the way I drive. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, when Rico had that tire go down, we, we've determined he clipped Chase Randall there, causing his tire to go down there. Did you Did you think he had anything for Rico? You know, the the choose cone definitely helped me out. I think that gained me one row on that restart and um, was just kind of marching forward. Felt like I was as good or if not better than anybody in front of me. Um, and whenever I saw the yellow come out, I was just kind of trying to size up what I was going to do in turn one, whether I was going to slide him or whether he was going to block the slider or what. Um, and then when I saw him have a flat tire, I was like, man, I'm leading this race. So, um, you know, it changes your mindset, you know, going from, from chasing to, uh, to controlling the race. Uh, let me ask you this. When you saw that right rear tire go down, did you feel like you, you had a shot to win the race at that point? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, had uh, had really driven by everybody that, that was inside the top ten or inside the top five. Um, and like I said, I felt like I had a really, really fast car and felt like my car was getting better throughout the race, which is which is kind of rare in a sprint car, essentially. So, um, yeah, I know Rico had got the lead. He had a pretty decent lead when I got to second um, and, and, you know, felt like uh, second played 20 grand. So that would have been a pretty cool payday. But, um, you know, once he got a flat tire, everything kind of fell into my lap. I, I, I got to mention this because you were running sixth at the time. And when they when they decided to go on either side of the cone, that put you in fourth place, and that that had to increase your odds a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, when they said that at the drivers' meeting, I don't really watch a whole lot of NASCAR, and I know they have that choose cone rule. So whenever they sort of explained it, I, I was kind of confused at the at the drivers' meeting. So I went up and asked, I was like, "Hey, if if the first four cars in front of me pick the top, and I pick the bottom, that means I start first, right?" And he said, "Yep." So. Um, you know, I don't know if those guys really wanted to pick the top or, or they were just kind of confused in how that worked. But, um, you know, like I said, I kind of verified with the head official and, and said, uh, you know, made sure that's how it worked. So, um, worked out in my favor for sure. Got me in third and, 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 you know, got right to second and eventually won. So, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about I-55 down at Peebley, Missouri. You ended up running fifth down there. Tell us about that race. What'd you think about it? <clears throat> yeah, it sucks that we didn't get Saturday, and I think Saturday would have been a great show. Um, Friday, the track was really, really slick, and, and you kind of had to bang around the outside fence or the inside fence. So that place always creates good racing, no matter no matter what the racetrack's like, whether it's slick or whether it's wet. So um, solid night, you know, first top five of the year with the Outlaws, so it was good to just, uh, you know, don't know if we had a car to win. I think we definitely had a car to, to be on the podium. Just just didn't quite work out my way. Uh, made a mistake there early and fell back to seventh race, but um, kind of survived that one. There was some carnage and um, some flat tires and stuff, so we're able to, to run top five. Right. Hey, I, I've got to mention uh, about your brother. Corey Day and him got together out there at, uh, um, where was it? Tulare. Tulare. And 
your brother just had another baby, right? Didn't he? Yes. Yeah, I've had his second baby girl. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, that that was kind of uh, a d- d- disappointing for your brother to get taken out by Corey Day. What have you talked to him about that? Yeah, you know we we talk every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So um, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I feel like you know when you're at the scene of every crime, even if you say that it's not your fault, sometimes you know it, it uh, ends up ends up being your fault. So. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I, I try to not race people that way and, and try to not throw those bonsai moves where you're, you're willing to crash both cars for no reason, essentially, when you still have 15 laps to go. But um, I just wasn't raised to race that way, and, and I try to race everyone how I want to be raced. And, and I really, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it hurts me, but it, it upsets me when someone races me that hard because I feel like I don't race guys like that. So, um, and, and same way with Dominic. So I think it just determines Dominic more and, and gets him more fired up to, to win more races. Let me ask you about the World of Outlaws, man. That is got to be the toughest series in the world to run a sprint car. Just talk about the quality of drivers that run in that series, and and then you have to race against those guys. It's insane. It it truly brings your your game up to up to their level or, or close to their level. I think um, you know the the first couple races of the year, or you know the second kind of part of the beginning of the year, I'd run seventh and eighth and stuff, and I really felt like if I would not made one mistake or, or not even a mistake, really just kind of a misstep, I lose two or three spots. So I think, um, you know, to win a world of outlaw race, you, you truly cannot make any mistakes. If you do make a mistake, you have to, you know, almost drive over your head to, to get that position back. So it's so easy to lose positions and, and damn near impossible to gain them back. Right. Hey, uh, talk about uh, your team owners there, the KCP uh, racing team, uh, Brett and, uh, Matt, uh, just just kind of talk about those guys and uh, just your, your your relationship with your owners. Yeah, it's been great. Um, ever since they hired me in, in the middle of 2020, it's been been uphill ever since. And and we've gone through some people working on the car and, and a few employees and stuff. But I feel like we've we've been moving in the right direction. Adam Clark is our crew chief now. He was actually here um, before I got here, so um, he's been here uh, you know a little over three years. I've been here about three years, so. He, uh, he's someone I've worked with in the past, too, and someone we've kind of grown with. This is his first uh, first crew chiefing job, and um, I feel like we have a, a really good group of guys and, and a great group of partners behind us that, that give us all the tools we need. And, and I think if you know we ask that we need something that will truly make us faster, I think they don't hesitate to give it to us. You know, people talk about traveling up and down the road and the glamorous lifestyle that goes with the world of outlaw uh, sprint car drivers. It's not really as glorious as it seems to be, is it? No, definitely not. After Lakeside, I, I drove back three and a half hours, got in bed about five thirty. So um, it was, it was, you know, you, you want to sit there and celebrate, but in the end, it's a Tuesday, and we actually tested at Knoxville on Thursday and and raced on Friday. So it's a it's a never ending, you know, rat race. That's for sure. But um, you know, you got to enjoy it at the same time. If, if you're always got your head down working, you never get to truly enjoy those moments and you never know when it'll be your last win too. So, right. um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely not, not super glamorous. You get to stand on the front stretch for about five minutes, then you go back to work. Right. Yeah. So Knoxville this weekend, what, what do you think about your chances up there? You've won up there before. Yeah, definitely my favorite racetrack to go to for sure. Just, I live in Altoona now, so it's a home race for me for sure. Um, have become friends with the guys that work there and stuff. So it's definitely a, a beautiful place. And, and just rolling in there, whether it's a test day or a local show or the Nationals, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a unique environment and, and somewhere that, that brings your, uh, you know, brings my A game for sure. Yeah. 
Gio, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. Um, it, it, it seems just like uh, I said earlier in the show, I don't know if you remember that time when Brady Bacon was working on his car in your shop out there, and uh, Scotty Cook and I was out there, and we all hung out together. It, it was a great time. Your dad is such an awesome guy, man. How's he been doing? Good, very good. Yeah, he uh, he was going to come out this weekend for Knoxville, but the weather is kind of looking sort of iffy, so um, I'm going to try and fly home next week and see uh, Dom's baby girl and then see my family again. So um, he's doing good. I think that was 2011, uh, if I remember right, was the year that uh, the national tour came out and Brady ran it and Shane Stewart was on the tour and stuff. That was definitely a – it was a cool year. I, I definitely look up to those guys for sure. Yeah, Shane won the championship that year. Yep. Yeah, yep. no doubt about it. Okay, Gio, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. We appreciate it. No worries. All thank right. you, Congratulations. guys. Right. Thank you. Yep. There you go. There's Giovanna Selzy. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to try to hook up with Chase Rodman and talk about what happened down at I-55 and at Lakeside Speedway. More right here on RBN the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Light. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. And joining us now on the show is a, a good friend of the Racing Boys. Chase Rodman joins us now on the show. Chase, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Good to be back on here, guys. Thanks for having me uh, out here in Ohio right now where it's um, a little bit cold. I left on Thursday last week. And it was 80 degrees, and now it's about to start snowing here. So, Oh, my um, gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's go back to um, um, let's if you don't mind me talking about it. Uh, let's talk about that high limit race that uh, Giovanni won at uh, Lakeside Speedway. What did you think about that race? Uh, I thought, you know, I've been to Lakeside uh, two or three times now, and that was the best track I feel like I've seen there as far as the racing product. And it was good all night. You know, the heat races were good. Uh, you know, the, the B was, you know, kind of around the bottom, but, you know, right. then the feature came around, and it was obviously really good. If you got guys coming from 22nd to the podium, um, you definitely got a good product. So, um, I thought the race was great. It was cool to see Gio, um, you know, get the win. It's just, you know, reading everything on social media, man, it's like, um, it was just kind of funny to me. It was like everybody turned on, you know, the race to expect to see something that we'd never seen in sprint car racing before, right? Like a, like something brand new to, to everybody, right? Now, obviously it was new, a new series or whatever, but, right. I mean, to me it was like, I just keep thinking, like, how different can sprint car re how different can you make it? It's cars going in a circle, right? It's sprint car racing. It's not right, like it's going right. to be yeah. some brand new thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was no, cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about what happened at uh, uh, I-55 at, at Peebley, Missouri. Um, Brad Sweet picked up the win down there. But I, I've got to say this, that I was more impressed with Blake Hahn coming from 23rd to 6th that night, that was a remarkable run for him, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we've all been waiting for Blake to finally make this jump this year to the 410 stuff, right? And hopefully he sticks it out because we've seen some guys kind of do that deal where they go from 360s to 410s, they run for, you know, half the season and then go back to the 360 deal. But with this early success that Blake is having, I feel like he's going to stick it out, right? I mean, first night out was – a ninth-place run at Devil's Bowl uh, on a track that, you know, maybe not very much passing, you know, but, I mean, right. he proved himself this weekend going from that far back up and almost into the top five, right? Um, mm -hmm. And his first time ever being there 
at a place that is definitely tough, man, especially how it was on um, on uh, Friday night when it was, you know, right on the wall in one and two, and then kind of everybody was around the inside in three and four, but he had to earn that one. Obviously, he had to stay out of trouble, too. There was quite a few wrecks that took place, but he's been really impressive so far in his limited starts. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I, I, You know, I sponsor Blake Hahn. We, we, we buy him fire suits every year, and we were so thrilled for him to come from that 23rd to 6th, and it was such a great deal. But Brad Sweet ended up picking up the win. James McFadden was third. Logan Shuhart was fourth. Carson Macedo was, uh, uh, I should say, Carson Macedo was fourth, and Logan Shuhart was third. Um, what What do you think about Peevely and, and that racetrack? Uh, I think it's consistently the the raciest track that we go to uh, for as many times as we go there. You know, there's quite a few tracks on the schedule that we visit, you know, four, five, six times, but I feel like Peavely almost every time is is racy. You know, they got multiple, you know, choices where they can go on the racetrack and make pass, and then you see guys coming from mid-pack up to the front, and you always see a good race up front. Um, so I, I love going there. Uh, I'm upset that it rained out Saturday and, you know, a lot of people were yeah. saying, oh, man, you know, it wasn't even raining, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, man, I was, I went up to St. Louis, got a hotel um, when it rained out and there was tornado sirens going off. There was, you know, baseball-sized hail I heard at the track and flipped over a couple semi-trucks or something. So uh, it was definitely the right call. Um, but, yeah, man, I love going to Peebley and I almost wish we even went there, you know, a third, a third day throughout the year. Yeah, no doubt. I'll tell you, one of my favorite racetracks, I'm kind of biased, is U.S. 36 Raceway, where you were about a week ago. Man, what a show that was at U.S. 36 Raceway, a place you had not been to in about three years. Yeah, I've been there two times before that and never saw a race. Last year, we showed up to the track for the race, and it was snowing, and the year before that, it was it rained out, you know. So yeah. uh, I heard a lot of good things. Our, our uh, Dirt Vision mobile camera guy, he lives right there in st joseph missouri not far away from that place and he's telling me it's his favorite track and it's going to put on a great show and sure enough man that place was um you know it's i mean it's kind of one of those places right where the racetrack is really good and everything else is you know it, it could definitely use a, a facelift right but when the racing is as good as it is and the stands are as packed as they were i mean you, you can't go wrong that place was i mean it jumped into the top five of my favorite racetracks it was just it was so badass it was um, right on the wall in three and four, or in one and two, I should say. And, uh, you know, it's just there's so many unique characteristics about it. And, uh, and that's another place I'd like to go to more than once a year. You know, uh, that, that, that place is a lot like Eagle Raceway. It, it was built similar to Eagle Raceway. Have you ever been to Eagle? I have not. Uh, but I've, you know, watched the race that Larson won in the Stenhouse car uh, a couple years ago, like 10 times, and it never gets old. Um, and I know high limits going there, so I think that's a pretty anticipated event just for sprint car fans in general. So hopefully uh, Eagle shows up on the outlaw schedule here in the next couple of years because it's definitely a bucket list one for me. Yeah, the th- thing about these racetracks that are built for sprint car racing like Peavley and US 36, uh, you got to be there to really appreciate it. These tracks, uh, the live video and Dirt Vision does such a great job, but it doesn't do it justice. Let me tell uh, you. Being, being there in person, it, it carries it to a new level. Nobody does sprint car racing better than Dirt Vision. I'm just going to say it right now. I mean, I, 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 I get it that Flo does a, a large quantity of races, 
but they don't do near the, 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 the job that Dirt Vision does. I'm just saying it right out. Yeah, and I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm employed by Dirt Vision, and, I, and I'm slight bias maybe, but um, I think that the production value that Dirt Vision brings to the viewers is unmatched right now in uh, pay-per-view streaming, right? I mean, obviously the all or the flow, I should say, has a lot of bang for your buck, right? I mean, it's half the price, and you're getting a lot of races. But when you watch an all-star race, man, I feel like it's a one, maybe a two-camera deal. Uh, so most of the time, there's no pit reporter. There's no, you know, drone camera. Right. There's um, they don't have a studio to throw back to. You know, when it's when there's nothing on the racetrack, it's just the same commercials going on and on, right? Um, I think right now, confidently, I can say that Dirt Vision, the product, the overall product of the stream and things like that, it's it's second to none. And um, you know, I you know, the old saying, you know, you get what you paid for. So um, I'm glad to be a part of it, and I'm glad to try and make it, you know, more of a TV esque. Uh, you know, show for the people watching at home, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I know it's early, uh, Chase, but this points battle is really shaping up to be one of the best we've seen in the Outlaws. When you talk about the level of performance that Brad Sweet, we know what he can do, but David Gravel, Carson Macedo, who's currently leading the points right now, we saw Logan Chuart have a great run up there the other night. There's three or four guys here. This thing is shaping up to be one of the, the best points battle we've ever seen. Yeah, it is, and it gets me really excited every weekend when I roll into the racetrack. You know, I, I know it's still early, right? There are only 13 races in. It's only April. Um, but, you know, some guy said it to me this weekend was, uh, you know, you, you can't win the championship in April, but you can sure as hell lose it. You know, you don't want to, you know, be 20 races into the season, be 80 or 100 points behind the race, you know, the points leader. Right now, the top three are separated by 20, and then, you know, Schuart's kind of been kind of a little sneaky. You know, he's only 50-something behind, 56 or something 56. like that behind. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah 56 behind. And, man, if, if, his motor, if his motors can hold together, um, then I think he could definitely play a factor uh, in the championship. He doesn't have a win yet this year, but he's got, I think, the same amount of top tens as David and Brad. A little bit less top fives, uh, but Schuhart, he's been on the tour for a very long time. He knows these racetracks. He's a great driver. He's consistent. Like I said, when his motors hold together, I think he could definitely, uh, you know, spoil the party here down the stretch if, if his stuff can hold together. He's good at all the big tracks. He's good at the small tracks, and he's proven, you know, last year when he almost won at Silver Dollar, a, a place that I feel like isn't really right up their alley. Uh, he's starting to become an all-around driver that is good on the small tracks, the big tracks, and the medium-sized tracks. So, yeah, you're right. This championship battle, I hope it stays close because as a guy in, in my position, you know, talking about these guys every weekend, that points battle gives you something to talk about. It gives the something the viewers to look forward to. Um, and, uh, man, I just I can't wait to see where we're at here in about three months. I hope it's this close still. Do you think Carson Macedo is driven this year? You know, he picked up, I think it was 11 wins last year. Brad Sweet won the championship. Do you think Carson Macedo is driven a little bit more this year? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he wants to win the championship really bad. I'm, he's told me that personally, you know. I mean, 
he I almost think he wants the Outlaw Championship almost more than maybe a Knoxville Nationals win, man. I mean, how many how many champions of the Outlaws have there been? I think there's been maybe, you know, 12. Is is that the number? I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's not very many, right, since 1978. Right. So, um, you know, the point that – the, the amount of money that they get this year for winning the championship with that exclusivity bonus is huge. But I don't even know if it's about the money. I think it's just, you know, saying that you are the best front car driver right. in the world that given year, you know. And Carson really wants that. He's come a long way since the, you know, KLR two days, right, where he was struggling to finish races, couldn't qualify. Um, but I think uh, Carson, you know, he's very uh, – a little bit controversial this weekend, obviously, which, um, you know, a lot of people are going to say they hate Carson or they hate David or maybe it was Brock's fault, who knows. But right. um, I think Carson is right now the biggest threat to Brad Sweet to win the championship this year. Yeah, talk about that little incident between David Gravel and Carson Macedo. Those uh, guys uh, exchanged a couple of things there at the end of that race. Talk about that. Yeah, um, and to me it kind of – I don't know, man. It was a weird deal. It, it, I almost placed blame a little bit more on Brock Searfoss than, than anybody out of David and Carson just because right. you know, the line in three and four was the bottom, and Brock crossed up David, went to the preferred groove. David kind of was in the, you know, kind of in the slick there a little bit in the middle, and then Carson was trying. He knew he had an opportunity there with Brock running the bottom to try and slip in there. And I just think they kind of met in the same spot, man. I don't think Carson drove into the side of him at all. And, uh, you know, at, when the race is canceled the next day, Carson, uh, he needed a ride to the airport. So we, he hopped in the Duravision truck and we talked to him about it, you know, and he obviously is not trying to crash anybody. He's not trying to crash David Gravel. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he gets all the, you know, he's kind of reading some of the mentions on his Twitter feed and it's just, it's incredible what people come up with these days, man, on Twitter and whatnot. So, um, definitely no ill harm done there, but man, if it turns into a rivalry between those two, I think that would be kind of something, you know, another thing to look forward to, right? I mean, a little rivalry right. never hurt anybody. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, let me ask you this. Buddy Kofoid, he, he he's not going to be running full-time with the Outlaws, but what kind of response does Buddy Kofoid get when he shows up to World of Outlaw race, I mean, there's a lot of people that really enjoy watching Buddy run. Yeah, I think now he's become a threat every night. Uh, the last, so what, Peebley, 36, 81, Devil's Bowl, um, Talladega, Magnolia, all tracks that he had never been to before. Um, and he ran good. I think all. I think he was in the top ten at all of them. Maybe missed it by one at Devil's Bowl on a track that was tough to pass on. Uh, but he was a threat, uh, you know, every night. And I was surprised that when he told me Friday that at Peabody, that was the first time he'd been there. Uh, and he looked rough and qualifying, passed three or four cars in the heat, and then was, you know, Johnny, I remember he was going crazy when Buddy was from 15th up to, you know, fourth or fifth at one point in that feature. Um, that kid, I think next year they are going to be on the Outlaw Tour without a doubt, especially with the speed they've been showing. And that's exactly what – you know, Leighton Crouch wants. He wants to be on the Outlaw Tour with Buddy, and they're showing this year that they are definitely capable, and they're a threat every single night that they show up in the pits. I'm uh, shocked that he hasn't been to Peebley. I would have thought he would run a midget there at one time or another. He raced the Power Eye midgets for a long time. I was as shocked as you were when he said he hadn't been there before. Yeah, you know, and I, 
I was on, you know, I was driving the quad around the races around, you know, maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon and rolled up to the track just to look at it, and he was sitting there, and I was like, you know, when the last time was, or, you know, when was the last time you were here? And he's like, oh, I've never been here. And I was, like, shocked because I figured he'd been there in a midget at least. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he'd never been there. And, like I said, it, it took him a minute to get going because that place is tricky, but he figured it out by the time the feature rolled around. Do you think Buddy Kofoid could win a, a World of Outlaw Championship if he put his mind to it? I think he could, yeah, but it's. I think it's going to take a few years. It's kind of like the Carson deal. I feel like they're both very similar. Uh, you know, they both come from California. Carson came from Micros. Buddy came from Outlaw Carts, but they both ran, um, you know, 360 and 410 sprint cars out there in California. Um, and look how long it's taken Carson, man. He's been on the road for five or six, maybe seven years now, yeah. and he's just now getting to the point where he's in contention the last two or three years. So I think Buddy can. It's going to take, I think, you know, five, six, seven years on the tour to get it done. Uh, but right now, he's not crashing. You know, I think that's kind of a, a little difference between Buddy and Carson is Buddy is not crashing as much as Carson did in his early years. But obviously, Buddy's not on the road full-time, like on the outlaws, I should say. So I guess we can't really, uh, you know, um, compare that until Buddy's really a full-time outlaw. But um, I think, yeah, someday we could definitely say Buddy Kofoid's a world outlaws champion. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, Chase, listen, I know that uh, we, we ask you to be a regular on the show each and every week, and we, we, we can't thank you enough for agreeing to do so. And uh, we're, we're really uh, excited about talking about World of Outlaws with you each and every week. So, man, thanks so much for doing that for us, would you? Yeah, uh, no problem, man. I, I think that people are, are starving for more sprint car content uh, and i love what you guys are doing so glad to be uh glad to be a part of it and um you know like i said i just think people are, are looking they're they're wanting more and more stuff about world outlaws here recently so the more we can give them the, the better well right. you got some great racetracks coming up here just looking at the schedule man over the next uh several weeks these are all great racetracks you're going to yeah, I mean, obviously Knoxville this weekend. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to race. The weather's looking a little sketchy, but uh, very excited for Tri-State Speedway in Indiana. That's one of my favorite tracks in the country. Excited to see how Tri-City goes. Obviously, Eldora race is good. Um, you know, and there's some other places down the road. A lot of tracks in Ohio this year. You know, we're going to Atomic, which was a great race last year. Sharon's always good. Um, you know, Lawrenceburg, we're going to this new Ogilvie uh, track. I don't, I've never seen it before, but, um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, and obviously a lot of money on the line to look forward to as well uh, for these drivers, and that always uh, brings the best of the best. So um, this is the best year. You know, obviously I'm only 28 years old, so I've been around for right. a super long time, but I think this is probably one of the best years to be a fan of sprint car racing, really. Yeah. Well, no doubt you're you're one of the very best in the business when it comes to sprint car knowledge, and uh, we can't thank you enough for being on the show with us each and every week. So thanks again, Chase. We appreciate it. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right. We'll talk thanks, to you then. Chase. There you have it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I think we'll talk to Trenton Berry, right? Want to talk to Trenton Barry about USMTS stuff? Always great to talk to. Love talking to Trenton. Yep, no doubt about he it. He was out there at Lakeside last week. He was. Good to, good to see him out there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good, 
pretty damn good race out there at Lakeside Speedway. Yeah, yeah there's big uh, USM- big giant crowd right. out there too. Of course, this weekend, uh, how 80, long, how, eighty-one Speedway hosted a big uh, weekend of racing. How long did it? How long did it take you to get out of that place, Kurt? Well, I wasn't any hurry to get out of there. I walked the pits, and once I got back into the car, it took about ten minutes to drive out. Yeah. So. I'd rather be walking around the pits, sitting in my car, waiting for the it, traffic. To it took out. me thirty minutes to get out, and I ran out the back door. And it still took you thirty minutes. It to still get out. took me thirty minutes to get out of there. It was a big log jam out in front. So, all right, thanks everybody. We're going to come back. We're going to uh, talk to uh, Trent and Barry here in just a little bit about USMTS, and it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply right here on. Mostly Motorsports. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. 
Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be running down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. So get down there and check them out. Joining us now on the show is a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. How you doing, Trenton? Just, uh burning gas like i don't have a care in the world right now I'm rolling down the highway where are you headed to i'm just i'm just going home today but uh i've been out running running a couple errands and uh anyway so got to get back home and get some uh get some equipment sorted out for the busy week man it's uh it's coming fast and furious here for the next little stretch for uh for us yeah no doubt about it um let's uh let's talk a little bit about um USRA Modifieds, um, Rodney Sanders picked up the win down at Lawton this weekend. Yeah, yeah, so so this was great, I, and I'm glad you I'm glad you carved out a little time to talk about this. So this uh, American Racer Modified Series is kind of a, it's it's like a, oh, I would say it's like, a, it's like the MLRA to the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, but on the modified side, you know what I mean? For, yeah. For, it, it's basically what, what that is to like what the USMTS would be. And so, um, it's, it's a really neat little tour. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of history. It's just in its, oh gosh, this is the third or fourth year. I think this is the third year of it. Um, and man, what a, what a great couple of races. So Rodney got, he got that race Saturday and he, he ran both of them this week and, and he was, was up front Friday at, at Red Dirt, uh, there in Meeker, Oklahoma and Tanner Mullins won that one. And then Tanner went to, to Longdale Saturday and won that one. So he won two races this weekend. Rodney won one, and uh, we had a had a pretty solid field of cars. I mean, there's some great regional cars there, um, a handful of USMTS drivers that uh, that wanted to race too. So it was that was a great weekend uh, of, of racing and at two really good racetracks. Did you cover that race down there at Lawton? We did. Yeah, both of them, uh, both of them there, and and then the the one at Longdale. So yeah, we were. We were busy. My boys, my boys, Michael and Cordell, uh, they, they put in a little overtime this weekend. I, I sure appreciate them. Great guys, both of them. We've worked with yeah. them in the past, and you can't find better guys For to work sure. with. You know, it helps if Rodney Sanders starts up front. I don't know how many times over the last couple of years he starts so deep in the field, he doesn't have any chance, but on Saturday night he, he started, started fourth. fourth. That gives him yeah. a shot, doesn't it? Yeah, man, that's so much of it is, is hitting the – Hitting the qualifying right in whatever format you're racing under, um, being able to, to figure out how to make the most of it. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen those USMTS redraws go. You know, you, you redraw one through eight, so you know one, two, three, pick before four, five, six, and, and you see you see one of those one through three guys pull out a six, seven, or an eight to start. I mean, man, I just I, 
Yeah, you don't have any favorites, obviously, but man, you kind of you kind of feel for them. That's a pretty crushing, uh, pretty crushing trip back to the pits after you thought your night was going so well. So uh, it definitely helps to to, to start in one of those first two rows, no question. And I, I think, you know, I think that goes for for most races too. Um, you know, you, you see lots of winners come come from the first or second row. All right, let's talk about what's coming up this weekend at 81 Speedway, the Ed Gressel Memorial Race. This is a big one. And Ed Gressel, he just wasn't a, just a car owner. We remember him with Ryan Gustin, but he did so much more for uh, modified racing, and you're honoring this weekend with a big three-night show at 81 Speedway. One of the big staples, Ed Gressel was, was a great human being, by the way, and he was very loyal to, to motorsports, um, not only around Wichita, but, but around the country, too. And, uh, he was really the springboard to get Ryan Gustin's career going. Uh, and he had other guys that raced for him, too. Scott Green raced for him before Ryan did. And then Ricky Thornton ran for him for a little while. R.C. Whitwell raced for him for a little while um, in there as well. And, and Brandon Givens was the, the last one that had, had raced for Ed Gressel. Um, he liked warm Coors Light, little, not, not a little-known fact in the USMTS circles, but little-known fact for today's podcast, boys, warm Coors Light. Uh, no, no need to refrigerate it. We'll just take it as it comes. And uh, he was a he was a, a great man uh, and and loved racing. It was uh, it was sure a big loss for the series uh, and, and for the sport when when he passed away last year, unfortunately. All right, uh, th- these three night shows you already had a uh, uh, couple three of those already this year. The yeah. most recent being yep. the. Uh, the race down at Vivian Art, Louisiana. Before that, the Heart of America. Just kind of talk about the field we're going to see down there this weekend. These three-day shows seem to really draw the draw the numbers because the, you're able to pay out more money. Man, we've, we've had some heat at, at these races for sure. And, uh, you know, Dan Ebert winning that King of America was, was pretty pretty cool, pretty special for that team. And, and he backed it up and was immediately the fast qualifier the first night out at Arkansas. So, um, you know, it, it kind of shows you when guys get streaky and get on a roll what, what they're they're able to, to put together. So, um, yeah, back back here kind of in the Midwest after we, we dipped down south last time. So the the points battle, I don't really I don't really know. I mean, I, yeah, I've got eight or ten guys in my head right that are are doing this deal, but I don't think we're we're far enough. I mean, we're not far enough along. We're about twenty between twenty and twenty five percent through with the, the schedule this year, but. Uh, I just I feel like somebody's probably going to get on a screaming heater here as it gets warm and and knock off a bunch of bunch of wins and kind of cement themselves. I, I really have no idea who who the, who the best car is right now, you know. And, and it took it took to a little, I mean, like gosh, like mid season or so last year before Sorensen kind of supplanted himself, you know, at the top as, as the guy that you're going to have to beat um, on the tour, you know, for last year. So uh, this isn't anything new for the the USMTS. There's there's several guys that are running really well right now, but my gosh, guys, seven races, seven winners, and seven different brands of chassis. So I think that's probably the I think that's probably the stat of the year as far as the USMTS is concerned at this point. Um, it'd be it'd be pretty wild to think we're going to get the ten different winners and ten different car builders, but you never know. Um, I, I will say at 81 Speedway, we've we've not had one of these blackout motorsports Tyler Davis uh, designed bills built finished race cars win yet and i really i think that uh i, I think we'll probably have uh, i think we'll probably have have a bills built there in victory lane at least at least one of the nights if not more at, yeah. at 81 this weekend so you know I, I could see i could see eight for eight for sure i could 
I could uh, beyond that, I'd be 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 pretty tough sledding to think that you got that many more brands of cars out there that are going to win. But hey, you, you never know. It, it'd be it'd be awesome to go ten for ten, you know. Yeah, yeah, that. we'll be shocked if Tyler Davis and Tanner Mullins is not deeply into the mix all weekend long. For for sure, I I, I expect to interview them multiple times after the races, and that that's just kind of the you figured out from going to Wichita the past few years is is those two guys. You know, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the favorite sons of that area. You know, and right. Um, and I, I don't I don't I don't want to short Givens as well. Brandon Givens has put together three top ten runs so far this year in the USMTS. And he's going to a place that he's he's raced more than anywhere else too, at at a at a race that honors his his former car owner. So, um, you know, Brandon was racing for Ed at, at the time of his passing. So, uh, this race means a whole lot to him as well. And and I would not be shocked to see to see Brandon Factor this weekend as well. There there is such a strong contingent of uh, USRA modified racing around Wichita guys. It's crazy. You know, for so long, it was it was like, you know. Deer Creek and Southern Minnesota just dominated USRA modified racing. You know that division. That's that's where so many of the stars came from. And I'm telling you, this this Wichita is sneaky good and cultivating some powerhouse race car drivers and teams right now uh, to go along with with what's up north in Minnesota. So I'm excited to get here. Uh, I've told you guys over the years how much 81. Uh, I feel like what it what it means to racing, what it means to to, to this series as well, and uh, I just I appreciate everything that, that they're doing to to make racing bigger and better for uh, for dirt modifieds. And you guys saw it too here just a couple of weeks ago. They were standing room only for the World Outlaw race. So what what a great racing market, and that's a that's that's an awesome place to go spend three I, days. I can't remember the last time I saw a bad modified race at eighty one. Been a long while. Yep, man, it has. And you know what's crazy? You know for the for the size of that racetrack, you'd think. You think you'd get a snoozer every once in a while, right? Like it's yeah. a little bit bigger, it's a little faster. Guys can seem to get strung out, but I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't recall the last one where I was like, eh, 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 it's all right. You know, they they've all been really, really good. Uh, and a, a big testament to that, not only is a, a great racetrack and people that really care, but you know, when that happens, you tend to get all the racers. And I, I don't feel like 81 wants for very much when. When you look for depth of field throughout, no matter what the event is, they seem to draw the race cars that are pe- people want to go race there, and, and it's important to win there. Yeah. Um, on April 27th through the 29th, you've got the 13th annual USMTS Spring Classic, and then the following week is the Jayhawk Classic at Lakeside Speedway. Those are two big races, and then Deer Creek comes up after that, the 20th annual USMTS yeah. Southern um, New Mexico Spring Challenge. So. Just kind of give us a little breakdown of those three races that are coming up. Well, so so it's been a little bit since the series has been to, to Webster City, uh, to Hamilton County, and that's that's one of two racetracks that uh, Todd Staley has has a lease on, and uh, that's the track right there in his hometown. And, and it's definitely the guys are no stranger to racing there, obviously, but but been a little bit since USMTS has ran there, so there'll kind of be that wild card mix. Um, you know, not ran with the inversion of six and. Uh, all, all the things that are going on with uh, the, the format there this year. So uh, it, it's been a little bit of a wild card because I'm sure things will be a little bit new and a little bit different. They've done a little work on the racetrack there. Uh, I don't know exactly everything off the top of my head that's been done, but um, they've they've uh, worked on it a little bit since we've been there. Um, so we're going to go there, then the lakeside, which 
my gosh, uh, what a what a fantastic three days there. They just hit that place on the money, it seems like, all the time. No, no matter what race is there. That, that high limit race I watched Tuesday night was just out, out of this world good. So no reason to think that uh, that they won't be three barn burners right there either and, and cap the month off with Deer Creek, three there and, and one at West Union to uh, to wrap up the month of May there on Sunday. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, it, it's busy, right? Like the weather's changing a little bit. It feels a little different outside. Um, it's it's time for uh, for the USMTS to go get after. You know, we we don't have the benefit of speed weeks like so many of these national touring series do. So when it comes it comes March, April, May, uh, we we got to get a lot of we got to get a lot of getting in here during this time of the year. And uh, man, just so fortunate to be able to go to, to great 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 racetracks make so many things possible and I, and I think that's kind of what what it comes down to and, and the story of all national touring series going forward and then this especially rings true for the the USMTS man just going to some fantastic places Trenton let me ask you this is Deer Creek Speedway in Spring Valley Minnesota is that your favorite racetrack oh boy no I don't think so it's close it's it's real close you gonna are we are we gun to my head? You put me on the spot here, which and if you are, it's fine. No, no, I'm no, not I, trying to put you on the spot, I, but I'm just no, trying to I, I'm trying to figure out what is your favorite USMTS racetrack. That's about well, like so picking. Yeah, that's about like picking who's your favorite kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Scott, I like I like both you and Kirk the same. Damn it, <laughs> right? Um, I uh, so. Boy, I don't really know. There's there's a whole there's a whole slew. I'm, it's crazy because we don't we don't really go to bad racetracks. And I know, right? Like you're going to bring me on. You're going to expect me to say, you know, the roads are red, the sky's blue, it's always 80 degrees, and there's there's just a slight breeze, right? But I think you know me well enough to know if if something sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks. There really there are no tracks that are like there are no racetracks that are are bad on this schedule and. I tend to prefer small tracks over big tracks typically, but I'll be the first to tell you Lakeside and Cedar Lake buck that trend for me all day long because they are two of the, the raciest racetracks regardless of size that I've, I've ever watched uh, races at. So I don't know. I don't necessarily – oh, I don't I don't want to be pinned down to say that I have a favorite. Deer Creek's definitely in the in the top of that. I will tell you my favorite racetrack, though, and, and it's for a whole, whole lot of uh, reasons – uh, not not just simply the the product on the racetrack, but I, I think the best racetrack in America. Obviously, you have Eldora, you have Knoxville, you have Wheatland, right? And everybody listening to this is going to know about those places, right? And and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from, them, but just like your your grassroots type, everyman kind of racetrack. And I think I think there's a place for the nicest places all the way down to the to the places that that. Uh, just are just hanging on by a thread. There's a place for all that in, in American dirt track racing. Pound for pound, my favorite racetrack, though, is, is Fairbury Speedway in Illinois. Oh, um, that is a the, great The promotion race. that goes in, the car, the cars that race there, the strength of the weekly program, the schedule of special events, the facility improvements, the constant dedication by Matt Curl to figure out what they have to do to continue to raise the bar and to be better um, it, it's really, to, it, to me, it's somebody like a Matt Curl that, that helps set, set and raise the bar for racing all across the country and, and what he does. He's, he's simply, he's fantastic and his work and his effort 
has bled over into his team and what, what they've done there and just the improvements they've made in the past couple of years are just staggering. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that place come the last Saturday night in July, the Saturday night of the Prairie Dirt Classic. I mean, if, if you're not there days in advance, you might as well just forget about being able to see that thing because you're, you're not going to be able to watch it in person. It, that, it's that full. That show that Kyle Larson and Bobby Pierce put on there a couple of years ago, that was uh, oh, all-time classic. Goodness. Man, it was it was it was one of the best. And I've seen, you know, I've seen a handful of races. We we streamed over there uh, back, oh, late teens. You know, we streamed three or four races over there when they had what was called the American Modified Series in existence. And, uh, it's not operating anymore, but um, but just good people too. You know, and that's that to me. That's that's one. If uh, if USMTS could ever branch out, then it's, it's that pesky tire situation that always comes up and dealing with other sanctions. But if USMTS could run at a place like Fairbury with the UMP modified, I think it could, could really showcase and be a, it could be a banner event for the history of modified racing at a place like that. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, August 3rd, um, you're going to pay 5,000 to win out at I-70 Speedway. Talk about that race and, and you're involved with that as a promoter as, as, yeah, so so we're partners, uh, race and dirt partners with with USMTS on that race and the and the track this year too. So that's pretty cool. We we went in last year and uh, and and Todd got the the lease details all ironed out and put the deal together and, and we leased it from the, the ownership there. But man, we had, had and really a lot a lot to build on right there. That they said they said they wanted to jump in and roll the dice with us on a show next year. And Todd explained to them that, you know, we had an option for a, a midweek if they felt a little more comfortable, you know, because you're at a, a little lower price level on a Thursday than you are a Saturday. And, right. And it just it just made a whole lot of sense. And, and I'm excited to go back. We had one of our best finishes of the year there. Um, again, and that that's when I talk about it takes all kinds of racetracks, right? That is the single most demanding racetrack on the entire USMTS schedule as far as making sure that that your motor holds together and that everything's right on your race car to to go really fast that 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 is the that's the single most grueling racetrack on the schedule but i mean so, something's got to be that when you look at the at the scheme of putting the whole schedule together and, and i think it's important to run you know what you need to run on little tracks big tracks you need to run on tracks that are middle of the road high bank uh black dirt red clay uh you need to run on, on sandy uh stuff as well so um it just so happens to be right, right there close to where, where we're all at uh, is is one of the most demanding places and what a what a great facility though my gosh i it, hard to imagine going into an inaugural event having one that went much better you know we were uh, really if so just looking at that like areas to improve we need to figure out how to get we need we need some more support class cars we need some more b mods and we need some more stock cars to come run that thing and, and hopefully we can get them this year um uh, we'll, we'll be busy here in the, the coming weeks, figuring out how to get our head down and wrap our head around how, how what we got to do to figure out how to get get those pits just a little more full. We had a good field of modifieds, and it was so appreciative of the stock cars and the B mods that were there. We just didn't get enough, um, so we need we need uh, we need to figure out how to get get a few more of them there for that race and and uh, be be a part of the show. What, what's cool about the USMTS races, you know, is that. I, I don't think there's probably a national touring promoter that's going to care more about um, local divisions and support class cars than somebody like Todd. I mean, he, he runs weekly racing. He sanctions weekly racing. And, you know, you always hear that thing like track packers and 
track lice and like all the things people want to say. And, and I'm just telling you, if, if you're a racer that runs like a B mod or a stock car, or you run my, maybe like an E mod up there around Kansas city, I'm telling you, you will get treated just like you're a 10 time USMTS champion when you roll into to race with Todd Staley, that none of that stuff exists. He's good to his racers. He appreciates everybody that shows up. Um, so just, I'd, I'd like I'd like to to just take a second and make that known and and hopefully we can uh, we can get a few more a few more B mods and stock cars out there because the the racing we had was good we just just didn't quite have enough of them. Right. Let me ask you this: Is that racetrack a little too fast? You think? Oh, it's it's pretty demanding. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that it's not. Um, now, what was what was wild though? So I asked everybody on the front straightaway right after the race was over, um, right when we finished victory lane interviews last year. And it was like, gosh, God, it was like this close to hundred degrees that day. Um, when, when we ran that show, I asked everybody and it was like two ten was the highest anybody was. So nobody got hot, you know, and that, that was the big thing. I think last year, a lot of people got spooked. If, if we're going to call a spade a spade, the Lucas oil late model race that was there was, was not a very good night at the races for I-70. No, I agree. Um, it, did, it, did, it, it didn't show that racetrack in a very good light, and, it, and it, cast, it cast a wide spell. It got a lot of attention. And at the end of that night, I don't think the racetrack was probably in better shape in the court of public opinion than it was prior to that race. So we had that going against it, right? All those cars got hot. It took a long time. They modified the order of the show. There wasn't a support like everything about it was just like oh my gosh this is not how this is supposed to work. Right. So we stood in the batter's box with a strike against us last year, bringing a bringing a different but similar event to 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 the to the to the racetrack. And you know what we had we had a really smooth night of racing, no incidents to speak of, nothing weird happened. It was pretty straightforward. Um, but not a whole lot of stuff got tore up to the best of my knowledge. And, um, you know, all, all I heard about going into that thing was, well, MUSMTS guys, they better be ready. They're going to be blowing motors left and right. We came off two days, Lakeside big and fast, Dallas County, not so much, but, but off of two nights of racing, 100 degrees each day, and the, the race cars were no worse for the wear on the third night out. So um, I just it, – it, it's important to have an open mind for things. And I'm not telling you that because we're the, the promoters on it. I, I don't. It doesn't matter to me what that thing does. We we just promote on a few of these races, and and for Stick and I, it was important that the USMTS series gets to race at a facility like the I seventy Speedway because that's a place that the USMTS should run every single year. So I was glad to help be part of that and, and make that happen. Yeah, uh, and, and we don't want to forget about the seventh annual USMTS uh, Grant Youngins Memorial presented by uh, Shop Quick. Um, man, that, that is one of the bigger races of the year when it comes right down to it. For, isn't it? for sure. Yeah. And you, usually that thing pays 20 grand to win. Um, most years I haven't heard officially what, it, what it's going to pay this year, but, uh, boy, it was just a, it's tragic what happened losing Grant those years ago. Uh, he left such a mark on the series and, and really about everybody he interacted with and, um, it's great that we're able to still honor him. It's awesome that Chase makes time on his schedule to attend it, um, and Greg, and uh, Greg and his wife are are still there uh, every single year for that race. So that's a really big deal on the the schedule, and uh, there's no better place to run that than than right there in Kansas City. 
Uh, do you remember when we went down and we 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 did that uh, behind the wheel race down there at uh, Nevada Speedway uh, back in the day? <laughs> yeah. So, you remember that? So I remember watching. Yeah. So I didn't go shoot that with you though. But yes, I rem- I remember that way back when. And who who would have thought that uh, that Greg Younghands, uh, his youngest boy Chase, would grow up to be the the racer that he was? And what a what a cool that that behind the wheel was really a, ahead of its time for for what it was. You know, there weren't these YouTube vloggers out there. Uh, there weren't there weren't companies shooting you know paid documentaries every week and. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was quite, does that thing still exist? Uh, well, we haven't done one in quite a while, but it, it, it is, it, we, we, no, we, like that one, does, does that, does that particular one, I, I just, does it, still it, 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 it still exists. Yeah, it's up there on the, and, and if I remember right, it was me and Stick, we went down there and we shot that with uh-huh. two cameras and it, it, oh, yeah. it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good show, really. And, and oh, yeah. if you remember right, at the end of that race, wasn't it? Um, who was it that spun out, Kirk? At the end of that yeah, race, I, I can't remember. I can't remember that. It's been a while yeah, since I've seen that piece. Wasn't wasn't that for the MLRA championship though? It was. Yeah, it, la- was it was the final night yeah, for the right. championship. I thought it was. Yeah. 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 Well, those yeah. were those were good times back then. Trenton, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on and trying to be a regular guest with us each and every week here on uh, Mostly Motorsports. We appreciate you doing that for us. Hey, but. hey I, I, I'm, I'm glad to do it, and I'll be glad to be on with you as, as, whenever you want me. Every Monday's perfect with me, what, what, whatever. You guys get full on a Monday and need me to take a week off, that's fine too. So whatever whatever I can do, I'm, I'm glad to do. I'm not getting off here though. Listen, I'm not getting off here before I talk to them a little bit about this high limit sprint car race on Tuesday. I'm sure you guys talked about it in the, the first segment, but what a show. Uh, I am, I'm really excited to see what, what happens with this high limit series going forward. Hard, hard to imagine them getting started off with a much bigger of a bang than they did there last Tuesday. It was a little disappointing to see, uh, Rico get together with Chase Rodman Chase Randall. Chase Randall, I should say. He got together with him, and he knocked that right rear tire down. It looked like that that Rico was on his way to a victory there, wasn't it? Sure did. I I thought the same thing, too. And I loved loved the choose cone. So funny full circle story here. So Todd, Todd Staley watched that race Tuesday night, and he loved the choose cone so much. He decided to implement it at Meeker on Friday night because he's, he wanted to give it a test run to see what the modified world thought of it and has hinted that that might be the, might be the uh, restart procedure going forward here with the series. And, and I, I think, I mean, unless something changes, as of right now, he's, he's planning on rolling that out to restart the main Wichita this weekend. Well, you know what was – I think it's pretty wild. You know what was crazy about that? At the point of that race, Giovanni – was running sixth, and when he restarted, he was starting fourth. Yeah. Big difference. Big difference. Huge. Well, you know who's yeah. going to hate that choose rule are the guys that are already out in front. Everybody else is going to love it. Yeah, So that and that was, that was kind of the one thing. So that race is at uh, Meeker, Oklahoma, Friday night with the, the choose cone and that arms opener. Uh, that American Racer Modified Series opener. Uh, 
of Rodney and Tanner were starting right out there, and, and Tanner had the lead, but he had Rodney right on his outside, right? And you kind of, at that point, Tanner's probably having to wonder what, what what's the guy got to do to lead this race. Right. Uh, you're for sure, it's going to be weird having a guy breathing right down your back, and, uh, or a whole field breathing right down your back, and you know one guy right there to your right or left side, depending on what what line you choose. I don't know. I kind of wonder about this for dirt racing. I wonder if the choose cone. I wonder if the choose cone should start with second place on back. I don't know. You guys have any kind of opinion on that? I've thought about that a lot this week. No, I I, I think that it it works just fine the way it is. To be honest with you, yeah, with a true double file restart, yeah, it's just like that's not a common, just such not a common thing, you know. Yeah, no doubt about the it. The only thing where that might not work so good is if the racetrack is like a one groove, rubber down racetrack, sure. and it's oh, faster yeah. on the bottom bad. than the top side. Then that 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 choose rule and double file doesn't work so good. There's nothing worse than watching a race put around the bottom. In my eyes, agree. I, 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 agree. If if you're gonna do anything, let them rip the top to where they could do some slide jobs. Yeah. Now high high limit went single file with ten to go. I haven't heard what Staley's thinking. Um, I I like double files to the end. It's also not me racing it, and I don't own the cars. Um, just from an entertainment standpoint, I understand why it's changed a lot of places. I'd like to see that thing maybe and maybe go to five. You know, I, ten ten seems a little a little quick for me if, as long as the racetrack's good i think it's because know? we're racing sprint cars if you had modifieds out there you'd be more inclined to want to do that i don't sure. know sure yeah all right for the best usmts coverage and best usra coverage there's no better place to do it than racingdirt.com and uh trenton and stick they they've got it all covered over there so, Trenton, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us each and every week here on uh, on Mostly Motorsports. We appreciate it, buddy. Sounds good, man. Hope you guys have a great day and a great rest of the week. All have right. a good one, Trenton. We'll be looking forward to this you, weekend you at 81. All right. See you guys. Let's see you. There you have it. Um, Did you, I, I'm going to do this. There lot. you go. I'm going to do it right now. Um so, if you don't know what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, they're, they're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package on it. It's pearl white Metallica tri-coat color, along with $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes of this car. They're going to be giving it away on August 19, 2023. This car makes 760 horsepower. Todd, did you watch any of the Barrett-Jackson auction this weekend? No, I didn't, actually. I missed it this weekend. Did they have one? They had one on there. <laughs> they had uh, they had one of these cars on there. made 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's 8-speed automatic. And it, it, it's an all-aluminum cylinder block casting. Um, this thing makes a tremendous amount of horsepower. And it makes a lot of foot-pound torque. And, Kirk, this thing is really one of the great cars on the street right now. You're not going to find a better car, a performance car, than this Corvette that they're giving away. It's a 2023 Z06 with the Z07 performance package on it. And 
You said they haven't got the car yet up there. Yeah, they haven't taken delivery on it yet. It's still on order. I asked Bob about it when I saw him out at Lakeside Speedway the other night. Uh, when did they think they might take delivery of it? He doesn't really know yet, but mm. uh, hopefully soon. It'll be in the uh, front window there at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and uh, it's a sporty-looking car, no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Kirk, we need to buy more tickets this year to try sure. to win that car. Absolutely. And even if we don't win the car, it still goes it to go, a great cause. And, again, you can buy these raffle tickets at winaz06corvette.com, winaz06corvette.com. And... Um, all the proceeds go directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame Museum. And nothing better. And again, this year, when, when are they going to start the Williams Grove? The Williams Grove Speedway exhibit opens May 1st. May 1st. May 1st to October 1st. Mm. Did you see that comment there by Alan Staley? He said Dallas, Ca uh, Dallas County Speedway will be closing down after our final race April 28th. Wow. That's Trenton Berry's old racetrack. So That's his I'm, home track, isn't it? Got, we're looking at the website right now. One final lap. They already had a 2023 schedule completely printed. We need to talk to Trenton about that. So yeah. They, I so didn't. they had a schedule. Dallas County is going to close down. Look at the look up on the screen right there. That's an old country racetrack. That's, uh, but they had a whole 2023 probably. schedule. If you go to their schedule. Yeah. They're not going to do it this year. There huh? it is. So they had a schedule already printed out, ready to roll. But obviously, something has happened. And Kirk, That's do you think do you think that uh, Chase Randall and Rico got together? I think so. They they clipped the uh, cut the camera angle just right as they were making contact. But yeah, when his tire goes down right at that moment, yeah, I right. think they did make contact. Well, Sam thinks I'm mistaken about Rico. He says he. Um, I'm sure he did not touch Chase. Well, if he didn't, that tire happened to go down right Kirk, at that moment. Kirk, we just watched that video. I think they did make contact. I think they did, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just coincidence his tire went down right at that moment. So I think, uh, I think he did make contact with him. Uh, like I, I say, it's kind of hard to tell uh, because they uh, switched the cameras right at that moment. But uh, I still don't think it's any coincidence that his tire went down right at, right as he got with uh, Chase Randall. Uh, Mark says that he heard that Lucas Oil Speedway is going up for sale. No, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that no, one yet. have not heard that. Mm -mm. We'll do a little digging into that. Of course, Lucas is still around. He, I don't think he's... Uh, wanting to sell it there i mean there's all kinds of rumors that are going out there but i'd be very surprised he's looking to sell that racetrack i don't know that would take some a big amount of money Ooh, to buy big, that place because yeah. it, it's you're not talking one track you're talking four tracks and you know boats off-road you got the go-kart track go you got the drag boat the drag, track you I got mean, the off-road track it's big um lloyd says no it's not no I mean, there's a lot of things that get spread around, a lot of rumors out there, but uh, that's the first I've heard that. Yeah, no. I'd be shocked. As hmm. long as Forrest Lucas is still with us, I, I think that. I think that's it is stay around. Anywhere. That's yeah. his baby. 
Yeah, no doubt. Hey, uh, what about Tony Stewart winning his first Wally in the NHRA How about that, man? In the four wide nationals out at uh, Las Vegas at the Strip. He's driving a top alcohol dragster, and in the four wide nationals, he comes up with a big win. Mm-hmm. And it, it uh, if you look at his uh, press information, he's won at every venue on the property at Las Vegas Motor Speedways. One on the bull ring, the dirt track, the big track. That's unbelievable. And now the drag strip. That's crazy, isn't it? That just yeah. shows you how good he is. And his funny car driver, Matt Hagen, also won. Yeah. So I'm sure that Tony Stewart, his wife, Leah Pruitt, and... Matt Hagen and all the crew did a lot of celebrating in Las Vegas last night. Yeah. What about uh, Kyle Larson winning yesterday at Martinsville? I was kind of surprised he was going to find his way up there to challenge for that thing because he was kind of mired back in about 10th through a lot of that race. Right. But uh, here again, they decided to come in for two right side tires. Cliff Daniels made the call, got him out while... Joey Logano stayed out on the racetrack on old tires, but it still took some doing for Larson to get around Logano to get the lead. But uh, that was just one of those cases where track position is everything. It's hard to pass at Martinsville. I'm not sure if this new package has really solved all the issues that they're looking to solve in terms of great racing because it was so hard to pass. And you saw guys that were mired deep in the field that didn't qualify very well, that had... The only way they were able to get up towards the front is uh, through the pits and taking on two tires, no tires. There wasn't a lot of tire drop-off in that race yesterday and made it so hard to pass. But if you came in and only took on two tires, and even in the case of Joey Logano staying out on the racetrack, right. that's going to put you in a position to win. But I still think they've got some work to do on that package to I thought, get I, it to where we see better side-by-side race. I thought Ryan Priest was going to win that race. And he would have, I think, had he not been caught for speeding. Right. He had one of the front pit stalls, but he hammered it. that They don't use the very first pit stall because they don't want anybody to have an advantage just charging right out into the He led 135 laps. He led 135 laps, and he had a fast race car, but that speeding penalty cost him any chance he had of winning that race. He sat on the pole. Had the fast race car, led all those laps at the beginning, but caught speeding and had to go to the back, and that was the end of his day. Right. Chase Briscoe led 109 laps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of these Stuart Haas racing cars, again, what a day for Tony Stewart. Yeah. All four of his that? race cars had great finishes in NASCAR, and they did well in the, on the Has anybody trip. checked on Tony this morning? He might be. He might, his wife he might have a little bit of yeah. a hangover today. His wife didn't win, though. Leah didn't win. Yeah. But. They probably partied, though, last night. Oh, I'm sure day. they did. I'm sure it was a party. I'm party. sure they had a few drinks, a few beverages after that. I'm not sure I've seen Tony Stewart any more happy than he was after holding that wallet yesterday. That was really a big deal to him. I'm sure. It's a lot to prove when people are, especially when you jump into a sport like that and they look at you and they're like, yeah, he thinks he's it, you know, but he kind of put his money where his mouth is. And Well, Tony is an exceptional racer. And, Absolutely. And, 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 and don't ever. He's a great competitor. Yeah, he's got competition built into him. No right. Matter what. He's one of those guys, a la Michael Jordan, you know, those guys who just make a will it in their head type of deal, you know. it's Right. 
So. Congratulations to the other winners. Uh, I, I, I'm watching Scotty Cook up here yeah, I saw with that. Sammy, and Sammy is wailing. He is flipping out. He's got right his hands, there. hands are flying. So you know was something that at Devil's Bowl. That was at Devil's yeah. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to wrap up the uh, drag racing, uh, Antron Brown won top fuel. Dallas Glenn in Pro Stock at the Strip at Las Vegas. They got another four wide nationals at Charlotte coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, that was classic interview, classic Sammy Swindell. That uh, Scotty Cook. And he knows Sammy pretty well, so he he draws things out of Sammy that maybe other. Sam, Sammy's always be been pretty to good to the racing boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, Sammy will open up to Scotty because he knows. He, I mean, he already knows who that person is walking up to him as it is. So Scotty's not an unfamiliar face, and he kind and he he knows where Scotty's going. Regardless, Scotty's been sticking the mic in his face for a long time, so. He, he probably knew where that interview was going and you didn't, remember, didn't bother him. Do you remember that interview I did with him up there at the 360 Nationals that one time, Kurt? Yeah. Was that the, while you were walking, after he won it? Was that the one? Or is that uh, a different uh, one? After he flipped, the, the next day, he kind of ragged on 360 oh, drivers. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. Remember that? Yep. And I went down there and I asked him some really hard questions. Why are you picking on 360 drivers? He answered all the questions. <laughs> he he answered every one of them. And you know what? From that point on, he's always been. Sammy was always been really good to the racing boys. You know, I'm Sammy doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. You know, yeah, because I'm not on the tour that much. And but when we're at the Chili Bowl, you know, you're walking around with equipment or something. You know, and Sammy, in those later years. You know, he's he's signed. He's always sets up. They've always got a great merch table over there at Chili Bowl. Always selling great merch, you know. And I walked over and talked to him, asking about how his merch was. And always pleasant. People get. I think a lot of people get the wrong idea about him. I'm, I'm sure on game day or, you know, it's a, you're going to get a little different. Sammy. On race day, but once you get to know Sammy, he's great. Yeah, guy. like I said, I sit and talked with him for. Two I minutes like Sammy so. a lot. Yeah. Hey, did you watch? He's one of my favorites. He's real. I know you watched that wrestling documentary stuff, Scott. Did you watch the new one last night with the Iron Sheik? I didn't watch that last night. Holy moly. Was he crazy? Let me tell you something. That man, did you know he was the main bodyguard for the Shah of Iran? He was. Like, the guy. The bodyguard. For the Shah of Iran, and during... God, the, that's 45 years ago. Yeah, he, so this what his claim to fame was, as a wrestler in Iran, you're kind of like royalty, right? Like, they treat wrestlers over there to a very high archy, man. It's kind of like how Pele is in Brazil with soccer, right? Yeah. So he he was winning all these wrestling tournaments and, and becoming all these world champions and everything, and he went into the Army or whatever armed forces – and became a, you know, killer, basically. And um, he, um, the Shah of Iran saw him and said, that's the guy I want working for me. And they he hired him. He lived with the Shah and everything during all, right before the... They, no way. Then the biggest wrestler, the most famous wrestler of all of Iran was kind of outspoken against the Shah and some of his things. And this is right when they kidnapped all the Americans, you know, when Iran. Right, and, yeah. And uh, it was right before that. And I'll be darned, uh, they killed that wrestler. 
This was this was the Sheik's favorite. This is the guy he looked up to, like his mentor and everything. And they ended up killing this guy in his hotel room, and so the Sheik got the hell out. He booked a ticket and got out of there. He left. Landed in the United States. He spoke no English, knew two words, and it was the name of this other wrestler that he'd wrestled during a Pan Am tournament, declared for a... Uh, you know, however you do it, when you say, "Hey, I need to, I want to leave that country," he came here and became a, an Olympic champion, and that's how he started out as actually as an Olympic. That was his gimmick. He wore the singlet, brought the medals out, as an American, because uh-huh. even though he spoke, he was an Iranian. But man, a very good, two-hour documentary last night. But the very first thirty minutes of it was very interesting about him being over there during all that time and then i'm gonna have to watch that and one. you know as you know during that time when the when the iran when they had all the hostages he blew up like his his character just went because i mean he like milked it they said he had more death threats than anyone they had have to sneak him out of in wwe yeah they had to sneak him out of arenas back in the day during those arena those years during the 70s and trunks and stuff and had dummy cars to get him out because people were trying to kill him because they they that, hated him they thought it was so real you know and he's supporting iran and and it was just a major thing but anyway if you guys are a documentary guy even if you're not a wrestling guy it's a pretty cool because the iron sheik's still alive you know and, those are great documentaries and they're, and they're put together really well yeah. and so last night's um it was on and it, it was done really well and and even my wife watched a little bit of the beginning part because uh like I said, I thought it was a stick that he said he was the bodyguard for the Shaw. No, he was actually the, <laughs> the his, bodyguard. His bodyguard. Lived in the house, lived in the palace with them, went with the family and everything. So, yeah. Where did you see this documentary? A&E. A&E. Yeah. It's always on Sunday nights. So, and then I think they do replays during do you have, the Do you watch wrestling, Kurt? I did back in the old. Yeah, I watch uh, college wrestling. Yeah, Kirk they, watches real they, wrestling. Uh, well, here's the thing. Not, that's not college real. That's, why that's not wrestling. A lot of those guys, you know, that are in college I don't wrestling, like the other, they uh, go into pro wrestling or they go into MMA because that's the only two avenues that you can develop that your skill set into. Right. Like, there's only two places that you can you can be a coach. MMA or UFC. Yep. Or, or WWE. That's or what you MMA, got. Yeah. MMA. Yeah. You got yeah. MMA or you got mixed martial arts or you got professional wrestling. That's what, that's all you have. UFC was in town this weekend. Boy, it was sold T-Mobile out. T-Mobile Center. So. Was it out there at the. Uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile, T-Mobile Center. The big room. Uh, so that's why the tickets were so expensive. I couldn't find ticket less than 150 No way. For a single. So no they were there exactly six years to the day when they debuted in Kansas City. They were live was, on ESPN the other night. Yeah, I was live on ESPN. I, wa- I was at the original one six years ago. It popped up on my Facebook page, and it was there. They'd broken attendance record the night that I was there, and they broke it again last night for sport for sports um, attendance record. I didn't know any of these uh, wrestlers or the Man, the main event. It, it was a good fight all night. I... Um, I was an all-star wrestler when I when I wa- was a kid. I, yeah, I, I watched, watched all-star wrestling all the time. We watched uh, Channel 2 out of St. Joe had Saturday Night Wrestling. Yeah. So did we you had watch it, Kurt? the news, and we watched that back then. So cha- yeah, uh, back when Did I your kid. dad make you watch it? No, no. I, well, you only had three channels. so You, you only had one channel you could watch. <laughs> you had to find something to watch. You only had one channel that came in clear. <laughs> we had three channels. We had three. We? Yeah. And if Four, mom five, and the, nine. Yeah, if mom wasn't, and then you had, you had the and 41. 41. You know, yeah. that was when 41 yeah. was on yeah. the UHF side. And, yeah. But 
wrestling here in Kansas City. They they shot it on Thursday nights down at Memorial Hall in Kansas City, Kansas. And then on Sunday morning. They show it. Right after. Had guys like Bob Geigel. Bob Back, Bob, 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 Bulldog Bob Brown and Rufus R. Jones. Jones and, and, and all those Danny guys. Danny Little Bear. Yeah. So. The Viking. My, my dad's <laughs> uncle, my Uncle Jack, he worked with a guy who was a wrestler, too, that wrestled. Well, that'd Every be on Channel 2. That was a live show on Saturday night. Yeah, see, yours was live. So what ours was, was taped on Thursday, rebroadcast on Sunday. That was so the wrestlers could travel Friday and Saturday at other territories like in Iowa, So St. just Joe. so you know, at you know where the I-29 and I-35 split is yeah, at yeah. the top of the hill? Yeah, that's where they had the match. So there. back in the day, the wrestlers... They used to meet in, in at that parking lot that was right there. Oh, that, how about cool is that? Right there in front of the O'Reilly Auto Parks. Yeah. And back then, it wasn't O'Reilly Auto Parks. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, a, uh, it was a bar that That's was there. That's where they all hooked up at. And, and so they'd all meet right there, and they'd get in a car, and they'd all travel together. <laughs> That's how you have to do it. Save, yeah. Save money. That, that's the only way you can do it. So in that in that interview last night, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you know, the guy carries yeah. the two-by-four. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. You can pull up the, the, the Google. And, uh, him and the Iron Sheik were traveling together. Well, they were opponents. And that was one of the things you never did as a wrestler back in that day. You were never supposed to be seen with the, other. With your, with the bad guy. Well, the Sheik didn't drive, and he needed a ride, so he jumped in the car with Jim Duggan. Well, they got pulled over. They had been smoking pot. The cops smelled it, pulled them out of the car. They opened up the sheik's bag. He had a, a gram of cocaine or an eight ball of cocaine. And it was all over the news. And so now the, the secret wall has been broken, right? Because these two were traveling up and down the road. And I remember people saying, wait a minute. They were in the car together? They're, they fought later that night right, <laughs> at the arena, right, you know yeah. what I mean? So that was the, that was the, the, that was actually, they said that's what turned it from wrestling into sports entertainment was right then because they had to admit that, you know. So you're hey, saying at one time it was real, but. Well, it wasn't real, but it was real to the people. They called yeah. it, it's called kayfabe, Kirk, and they, K-A-Y, fabe. And what it was, was if you were in a, in a town, you maintained your character when you were in public. Right. You, you never you were broke, always on. And you if you saw a bad guy, he was the bad guy. If you were the good guy and you saw a good guy, you know, it was that was how it was. You didn't hang out. So with, people could buy it. That way it was sellable because you're promoting it. Think if like if you and Kirk were promoters of you know, not racing, but think if you're a wrestling promoter and you got these two guys hanging out together, well that that doesn't look that good. It doesn't man. look good. They don't no, want you to be friends. Exactly. With these guys. So even if we know you're hanging out working out together, they don't want you hanging out. You know where they used to meet? In Kansas City, right over here off of Vivian Road at Gold's Gym. Right here off of North Oak Traffic Way. The, it used to be a Gold's Gym right there past the fountains. Right. And um, used to be a world. It went Gold's Gym. Then it used World's to be right by the YMCA. Yeah, right. That's where it was at. Right, yeah. yeah. And we used to come, when the wrestlers would come into town, that's where we went the day before or the next morning because guess why? The wrestlers are getting their workout in before they head either to the arena or to the course and heading out the door so we we met a few wrestlers out there it was gold's gym for a while then it turned to world's gym when world's gym bought it over you know but i think it's a 24-hour fitness now <laughs> yeah it's gold gym yeah 
yeah. yeah. And then it went to, I had a bunch of Gold's Gems t-shirts from all around. They were like collectible. You'd get the Hard Rock t-shirt from every town you were in and a Gold's Gym t-shirt, and they had the logo on them. But, yeah, that's, uh, it was pretty fun. I, like I said, I always enjoyed, as a kid growing up, watching wrestling. And I saw Andre the Giant live in person. I, I mean, Was he giant? Two, he was over seven foot two. I mean, it was t- taller than Shaq. You know, I mean, they built him a seven five. He was probably seven three. But right. Holy moly! When a man gets that, when that a person is that big, and they get in the ring, it's awfully strange. It's a strange sight to see someone that huge. I stood next to Shaq at a game uh, at Kemp Arena, and he was taking the ball out. And a friend of mine took a picture of me standing. Shaq's passing the ball in. And I stood up. And I come to like he's holding the ball. I get my you can see my face under his arm. <laughs> it's like that tells you how tall that guy is. So, Cole yeah. Cole said the time that he saw uh, the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duncan got arrested yeah. for some kind of disturbance at a restaurant one night uh, was the moment I knew wrestling yep. wasn't real. And that's what they said. That yeah. was all that whole. That was that whole year when they. They got busted on the road. They were showing up in hotels. They were, and it was like, they, see the, they did all kinds of pain pills. Yeah, man. see, the sheik didn't drive, so he was always right with somebody. Right. With somebody. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance to check that out, definitely check out that documentary. It's like I said, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy it. It's just kind of it's. It's like, interesting. He was one. He's the only. Think about this. He's. Full, he was born in Iran, and he had an action figure in the United States that was the highest-selling action figure at, of all time at one point. No kidding. So think about that. This, Like you said, if you'd have went to him when he was a kid and born in Iran and said, hey, one day you're going to be the highest-grossing action figure star, you know, selling. In the country. In the whole United States. It's just amazing to think, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. All right, Todd. I'm I appreciate ready. it, buddy. I, I appreciate it, guys. Have All a good right. week, everybody. Be safe out there. Yep. And uh, hey, if you guys are going to racetracks, man, and this, you know, when we come on our shows, man, let us know what the tracks you guys have been to in the comment yeah, section. We, we we can put up the phone number. You can always yeah. call in on the show. I mean, man. we know it's getting ready to kick off. Race season's starting now. You know, we've been <laughs> we've been doing everything we can to to get this thing going by but now that we're in full gear like today we had three guests on i mean this is how we're going to be guys so if you got some information about your local track like alan staley passed on man pass it on because that's what we're here for this is fun um chase rodman will be a regular trenton berry will be a regular on this show each and and we'll probably have steve post probably coming on every when i talked to him last time he acted like he'd come on maybe once a month maybe so he might even be able to come on so steve post that's Always like to hear with the post. I know he's getting ready to get busy with Wing Nation. They, like he said, they took a little time off. Yep. But they're not now. They're in full gear like we are. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me see here. Uh, Lloyd Collins said, "When I worked at the auto parts business, Harley Race used to buy parts from me at the Do- at at the Dodge dealership." Yeah, Harley was. He was the man in Kansas City. He was the man. You know, his handprint was down there at the old Kaleidoscope uh, Education. It was like it's a place where you go down, kids, interactive center. And Harley Race had his hand imprinted on a wall. And you so you could put your hand, little kids would go put their hand in to see how big their hands were compared to. Harley Race. Yeah, you know, people said that Harley Race, there's probably five guys. In the, and Harley Race was one of the top five guys in all of professional wrestling who was a real guy that you did not mess with like a guy like afterwards 
that you should physically be scared of in a fight if he was to fight you because he's that. You understand, Harley Race was fighting men at 14 years old. Right. He went professional at 14. He did not look 14. He was 14, and he was fighting bare-knuckle fights and things at 14 years old. This guy was uh, legitimate tough. I mean, if you ask any wrestler, they all say, oh, yeah, Harley Race is somebody you do not want to mess with for real. Look at Kirk. He's Kirk, not He's not interested he's done. in he's watching this at all. The, he's watching Motor Trend TV. He's so. just watching TV. That's all right. He's got things to do. We got things to do. Uh, Lloyd said, Danny Littlebear and my dad were good friends when my dad worked at the Lincoln dealer in downtown Kansas City. Yeah, see, we had, they had Danny Littlebear, and there was a guy at work. Danny Littlebear was my favorite. Yeah, and then there was a guy that... Um, and it'll he, come to me after the show's over. He was Danny Littlebear went to prison and died in prison. Is that right? He? I think he did. Well, one of the guys worked at TWA back when TWA had their headquarters here in Kansas City, and and uh, he rest, worked Monday through Friday at TWA and wrestled on Thursday nights down there. And I always thought that was like my uncle said, "I know that guy, and we worked together." Right, <laughs> I just yeah. thought that was crazy. This guy on TV, you know. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Todd, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate thank you, guys. you doing a good job today. Um, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. So get down there and check them out. All right. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you Saturday morning on Track Talk. stronger with rod and supply whether you are running industrial farming equipment or a race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod and serving the racing community for over 30 years